Hi, and welcome to the Modern Casanova podcast with me, Troy Francis. And today, uh, me and my very special guest are in a cafe in North London. Uh, it's a beautiful morning here in London. Just enjoyed a wonderful coffee, orange juice, croissant. We're sitting in a very Mediterranean type um, joint here, which I've never been to before. But it's uh, this is a really nice place. And I'm joined today by my very special guest, Mr. Paul Janker, who um, who asked to meet here. And I think um, it was a really good choice. Is this a place you come often, Paul? Hi, Troy. Uh, yes, it's... Uh <laughs> Usually, if I'm in a rush and I'm grabbing a coffee because it's right across from the subway, I'll do that if I have to be somewhere. So, and they've got these little Turkish flatbreads that are quite tasty if we get an appetite up. And I like how they've opened this back window, so you have the breeze through. It does it does feel like we're in continental Europe, doesn't it? Or yeah, yeah, yeah it really does. I mean, it, particularly with that back window open, it's got a sort of a it's got a nice summery feel. You know, it's got kind of like. You know, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. We'll have to check out those those flatbreads in a bit. So listen, um, guys, Paul really needs no introduction from me, but I will give a very short one. Um, day game Don um, from the early days back in 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 NYC. Um, he obviously gained great prominence in terms of his uh, prolific game um, skills um, with uh, the various uh, products that he put out. Um, Getting laid in you in NYC. Yeah, beyond the digits, and a number of other attraction formula, number of other uh, products that help men at every stage of the game, from text game to closing to conversation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So when you talk to guys um, in the community, particularly guys who, because day games become such a big thing these days, hasn't it? Um, you know, most guys will. Uh, you know, refer to Paul with um, with reverence as one of the uh, you know the, the the sort of founding fathers, if you like, of the discipline. But you know, now these days, um, a lot has has changed. Now, the last time I actually interviewed you for a website, um, and it was actually four years ago. I saw, which is that's right, yeah, yeah. And it was actually four years ago, which is quite a long time. But a lot's a lot's changed now. So you're married, and um, you you have a baby girl now. So. Um, so yeah, how th- how is everything going on the uh, on the home front? Yeah, uh, really great. I mean, I we'll see what your audience thinks of this, but I will say if 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 you're able to, uh, do not miss fatherhood because it's it's a whole next level experience. I know that presupposes a lot of stuff: meeting the right girl, having the stability and resources to raise a kid, you know, staying together. Obviously. There's a lot of ways marriage and parenting can go wrong, but uh, I feel fortunate because uh, my wife and I have solid marriage and good communication, and um, we have a beautiful baby girl. She's turning six months this uh, month, and as you can imagine, it's the focus of our life and our joy. So I can't, that's the perspective I'll be coming from, but I, I'm also a retired playboy, so I understand the other side. Yeah, yeah. And I, I uh, will say that it, it's not like, everything's always rosy on the home front i mean i do have arguments or disagreements or fights with my wife but all in all this was always a plan of mine i mean uh, even when i was younger i always imagined myself a family man at some stage so this isn't really um in contradiction to my original identity in any way yeah absolutely um it's interesting really isn't it because i think a lot of increasingly i'm having conversations with um guys who are into you know the game lifestyle or the pickup lifestyle um about what about end game really about what is the end game because when you think about it this stuff 
is sort of is coming of age now. I mean, what are we talking? Probably fifteen years or so, or so that the um, you know the, the the PUA or pickup or whatever you want to call it has been a relatively you know um, mass kind of a thing. Well, it's never been a mass thing, but you know it sort of it sort of gained some prominence um, around that that time ago, and now you know the, the sort of the, the guys who've been into it for a long time are, are getting older you know even myself you know uh, uh, I'm <laughs> yeah yeah even even I'm in my late 20s now so um, you know we, we we have to start thinking about you know what is the end game of this where does this go now there are guys um, that I know like um, Tom Torreira who's on this podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and and others who you know they make they make that decision they say right okay I this is what I do I'm into game I'm into meeting girls. I don't want to settle down. I don't want to get married. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna carry on with the lifestyle and take it as far as I can. And obviously, you've gone down the the opposite route to that. Um, I've always been, uh, you know, as 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 you would expect, somewhat sort of on 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 the fence, if you like, because I I can see the huge value in both sides. But I mean, have you got any view on? <sighs> What do you th- what do you think your life would have looked like if you'd have continued down the Playboy lifestyle, and would that ever have happened, or was it was it never really a possibility for you? Mm. Well, it's interesting you ask that. Um, well, I'll just be candid with you. So I'm I'm a, actually tomorrow's my birthday. I turned forty three, right. and um, thanks. And I I moved to London in two thousand eleven and was getting serious with my then girlfriend, who's now my wife, and so. Let's, I, so I met my wife in 2008, so I was 33, 34, and what, I think I touched on this so in an earlier interview with you, but what was happening in New York, I arrived in New York in my late 20s, and I had a band of brothers, yeah. and we had a great time, and women were incidental, I mean, we, we went out and shagged them, and if we could, and this and that, but most of my solidarity and camaraderie was from my male friends, We'd go out for movies, go to pizza joints, smoke cigars, go bowling, all this kind of stuff, so there was consistency, but... What happened is, over time, a lot of those guys fell away, and they got girlfriends, they moved to the suburbs, and so my social network, in that sense, started to get much more fragmented, and the guys who became available to run around with, because I, I needed that consistency. If, if you are, in my experience, and I think it's true, uh, true of, the, of the pickup and, and day game scene, if you're running through a number of girls, there's no longevity there, so there's a constant churn. So you have the human psychology has to find consistency elsewhere. So I did that for a long time by finding it in my male friends. But once they started to fragment, the kind of the writing was on the wall, and I just remember my my mates became a more and more motley crew. Whereas before it was like, you know, successful sort of mainstream guys that you could uh, point a finger at and be like, okay, that's a, that's a likely lad, he's doing well. Over time, they become sort of more of a motley crew, like a pirate. Uh, <laughs> one had like a, a crutch, the other had a patch on his eye, one had a pair. <laughs> Come on. So I just saw that like the crowd I was running with was becoming a little bit more marginal. <laughs> and I just wondered like if I kept going with there, because I had some older friends actually, this is one of the things that were... 10, 15 years my senior that had been cads or playboys and a lot of them said don't make the mistake of chasing women your whole life because I've done it and they were alone. They were solo. One guy had an estranged daughter and no, had broken up with a fiance, had no money. I just saw that it was, it was quite a tenuous lifestyle because as I think as men get older they need more support in certain ways 
and I didn't want to be a lone guy shuffling around and I had examples of that so I think I plus I had done it enough that the 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 novelty in other words when I looked at like my catalog of conquests if I said all right to double the catalog what value is that going to bring and I said you know it's it, as we were discussing there is a diminishing uh marginal utility to this like diminishing returns after you've hit a certain so I weighed that against the unknown which was fatherhood and, and marriage yeah and I mean of course you know those those are not small things i mean this is fundamental life stuff isn't it i mean to to you know to replicate your genes in in you know in the in the shape of another human being is 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 kind of the you know it's the determining factor of life really isn't it i mean many would argue probably correct you know maybe correctly that that is our whole purpose for being here and of course you know when you take this other route um that i'm sort of veering towards i suppose when you take this route of being the perpetual bachelor and um you know and, and not and not doing that um or and certain so, you know and, and as well having the longevity of a sort of long-term relationship then that that is the um that's going against the grain really isn't it that's going the huimon you know going that's that's going against against nature if you like um but positive things to say about it well yeah i was good because what i wanted to ask really was because you're a you know you're you're a deep guy you're a deep thinker you're a spiritual guy um you know i in the end what it comes down to is meaning i think does it like i've just written a book about happiness and um in the in the study of positive psychology one of the key things um that has been found to provide you know what you in, in inverted commas you might call happiness is meaning you know if you don't have meaning in life then you know you can't really truly be happy so we have to try and find meaning and community is the other big thing as well so you know there's there's clear sort of pres prescribed meaning in terms of having a child having a family you know that path the bachelor route, the playboy route, would often be criticised for being sort of shallow and meaningless because you're just having different lovers and stuff like that. But you know, I I I would struggle to I would struggle to argue that you can't create a life of meaning that is different from the the family norm. Is there anything? What, how would you feel about that? Well, I uh, I have quite a bit to say on the positive side for. First of all, art in any form. Like, if you ask me, I know you're a writer. Like, you know, the question, you know, you look at Picasso or some other, you know, any artist that's significant, and writers, they bequeath uh, their children to humanity in the form of their artwork that are, in many ways, more durable and more meaningful than just offspring. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that argument. If you if you had asked me, like, what would I, prior to moving to London and and moving in with my then girlfriend. I seriously contemplated moving to Barcelona instead to reduce the commute from New York and pursue painting, kind of like uh, Christina Bars Vicky Cristina yeah, Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think in some ways, if I had done that, um, my art would have flourished, my, my painting. And I could have really had a nice body of work mm. and lived that. So I, I think that could have worked as well. I, one thing I want to say, I think, I think the crucial thing to consider especially for your listeners if they're thinking about pat is how much how important is freedom to you and so f freedom is so fundamental and so crucial to human beings and you certainly give a lot of freedom up when you cohabitate and certainly when you have a child like i've seen my sort of my radius of freedom increasingly shrink and it's yeah. been painful at times uh of course the 
the other the the flip side is you get um you know uh e- either relationships or assets or you build you can build something by giving up that freedom yeah so the exchange has to be worth it but um two things that come to mind once my father said to me because he was for a lot of his life a playboy he said uh, i don't know if i told you this a bachelor is the most honest type of man huh. because when you're fully in a relationship you are muzzled to a degree i mean you can say some things well first of all your life changes so you can have some epiphanies and you can say some things that would never occur to you as a bachelor because you have new experiences on the other hand there are certain things you just don't say or can't say because it could hurt your partner's feelings or uh just cause friction so you a guy in a relationship is a lot more circumspect with how he he expresses himself whereas a bachelor with no allegiance can just say as objectively as possible i feel this this is my take on the situation uh so i think that's one thing uh and, and then the other thing is i think of janice joplin's line freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose mm-hmm. and i think there's a lot of truth in that in other words a lot of men family men don't have freedom to do certain things because they don't want to jeopardize what they have you know like yeah for example archetypically a guy doesn't cheat a married guy because if he does and the wife leaves him he loses his family and it's so much so he doesn't have that freedom because he has a lot to lose if he exercises that freedom whereas a bachelor who has nothing to lose has the ultimate but you have to ask yourself like which scenario and and the thing is it's a moving target because i think the scenario that appeals at 25 and 35 and 45 and 55 is different yeah. So that's yeah. it. But just that before I hand this over, just to really, uh, and I love freedom so much, but I, I've had to surrender a huge amount of it to get the family life that I have. But all in balance, it's been worth it. But there's difficult times for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's really interesting because I think for me, freedom has been such a big driver. I mean, all most of this, you know, really everything that I'm writing now all my content really is about freedom in some shape or form you know i've got this tagline now live the life you want not the life you think you should and you know what i mean by that really is um you know are you living as freely as you as you possibly can because i think um you know a lot of people maybe without thinking about it you know particularly if they get into marriages and relationships early you know they give up a lot of freedom you know through various things by getting married by getting into that relationship cohabitate cohabitating um you know buying property getting into debt all of these different kinds of things they end up sort of limiting their freedom and i mean i think for me i've realized that freedom is such a huge thing that i've tried to sort of go the other way um to increase my freedom but what that kind of means um, in reality is that you you have less you know so I had because I, I had a you know as you know I had a girlfriend living with me for, for a time um, you know that could have gone down the route of, of marriage and everything else that I finished that relationship um, I had a, a flat which I sold you know and, and it was a conscious decision to sort of slew off you know to sort of shed things that were sort of holding me back but of course the net result of that is you end up with less things and d- does that put you in a better position or not I mean, it's it's so it's it's fundamentally a trade-off, and there's no right answer. Yeah. But like, you know, all those things you shed, they they slow down, or they're an albatross around the guy's neck if he really wants to be free to do. And one thing I envy when I look at your life that I no longer have is, and that was, uh, 
a painful realization is I don't have full autonomy to like do whatever I want. For example, yeah. if you want to, uh, assuming, and I know you have the, the funds available, like if tomorrow you decided you wanted to buy a ticket that day to go to Istanbul or go to Alexandria, Egypt, or you could just do it yeah. and you, you pack it and you just go. And the world, you know, the road is—it's an open road, and you have—you have to make no concessions, and you're not accountable to anybody. Yes. So you can just—and that's a, incredibly exciting because yeah. you can change your environment instantaneous, all this stuff. Whereas I can't do that. Yeah. Because I have yeah. a lot of—I'm anchored, and um, so so that's that that's in one very real way where where freedom's reduced. And the question is, as 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 one ages the what's the um there's a sliding scale and i think in terms of what's more valuable or not it's interesting my mom says um because she's in her late 70s and and i ask her like oh do you want to see this part of the world do you want to do this do you want to read that and she says at at my age i really just want to go travel to where the people i love are meaning my family and i want to do the things i love to do she's a painter she wants to and like she's quite a broad person she has a lot of but as you get older that stuff she knows her time's limited and she's kind of narrows it down to a few things she knows she so in a way the and she's doesn't have a partner and she has the money to travel but her psychology is such at this stage that she really having the freedom to do whatever whenever isn't so important to her it's rather that what she does do pays dividends and is of quality so and she's quite old now, but there might be, when you're younger, you kind of want the freedom to explore and do anything. And maybe once you've found something you know it gives you sustenance, you're, yeah. you're not as fussed about surrendering freedom to, to build on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I'm, I'm sure that's correct. You know, I think, and I think for me, I mean, I'm in my 40s and um, I, I think I'm still in that kind of... Um, I'm still young enough to sort of have that hunger to, to sort of travel and to sort of see some different things, particularly because I didn't do so much of that when I was younger, you know, because I went into a, a corporate job and, you know, I didn't probably didn't do, do experience. I experienced a lot in terms of the, you know, the, the dating scene and everything, but I probably didn't experience as much as I could in terms of lifestyle. And so I guess you could say I'm having, you know, you, you could you could view it through the lens of a bit of a midlife crisis in a way but I don't really think it's that I just think it's you know the world has changed we can you know we can find ways to work location independently you know and that's kind of what I was I wanted to move towards you know to to have a different way to set up my life but ironically um, you know I'm I'm here on the side of you know sort of making the case for for freedom and bachelorhood and everything else but of course ironically as as you know because I'm quite I can be quite a conflicted person at times what what I tend to do is end up getting myself into sort of mini relationships and everything um and actually curtailing my own freedom you know um it's a bit of a paradox really and it's something that i see myself doing and i think um i don't know really i mean the only the only way that i can account for it is that i think that we all you know well i say we all i think many of us you know do crave for that kind of companionship we do crave and tom Torero actually talks about um affection what he calls affection addiction which is addiction to female affection you know it's not so much the sex it's just it's, it's the other parts that you get and i really identify with that but i mean you've known me for a long time do you think i shoot myself in the foot continually or do you think there's do, do you understand the sort of slight conflict that i have over this stuff no, Very self-indulgent I, question. Yeah, no, I, I understand the conflict. Um, I think the gamble you're pursuing, first of all, what you said earlier is 
is um you know you you had uh more of a circumscribed life when you were younger and and now you have the means and you're of an age where and you're not attached that you should you know yeah. ex- you're in a massively exploratory period in many different in many different ways exploration in several different meanings uh geographically and relation wise and 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 work wise and all that um i guess the gamble you're making but i i think it it's still uh, the odds are still in your favor is that is that if you ever wanted the other like cohabitation and and family that's on offer pretty easily like you can you're still of an age where you could swoop in and find a nice young bride and do that so that's still whereas the sense of personal fulfillment and and capturing the zeitgeist and travel all these things i think that that's what pulls you now and and if you change your mind the so i don't i and i I think these are i don't think you're wrong to be conflicted i think inside everyone if they're articulate enough is this conflict yeah and and people just a lot of people life circumstances foist it upon them Mm. but um i think i was fairly reflective and fairly thoughtful about the stages i moved because i had a different experience because i i was an entrepreneur i i did a lot in my 20s and, and early 30s i did quite a bit of uh and then i met someone that i didn't want to let go and we continued to have quite a flexible relationship for a while but yeah technical issue there with our in in the world-class studio that we are <laughs> we're sitting and recording this but uh, i i just wanted to ask you a question actually um well, two things. Just to answer your question, are you being, are you making the right choice? You be. I think you need to continue to explore this till you, in your heart of hearts, is resolved that you understand the trade-off on a profound level, and that you're you're happy to make the choice one way or another. And I think you're still gathering research. That's yeah. why you have all these people like myself in your life and Tom Torero that represent sort of polar extremes in some yeah. way. Um, I would ask you this though, because you do know, what type of soul is required of a man that that can be a lone wolf and look at the open road and uh and you say i'm taking no prisoners and i'm just going and come what may and i'll just live by the seat of my pants and just continue to explore and can someone continue to do that until old age i mean what type of soul is necessary there well you've got to be a pretty sort of um hardcore character haven't you really i'm thinking almost like a I'm thinking almost like a sort of Bukowski character, although, I mean, he was he was married and he had lovers and things, but, you know, you, you need to be a pretty hard... I'm just imagining this kind of hard-bitten guy who probably rides a motorbike and, you know, sort of, sort of tough, leathery skin and, you know, talks no bullshit and kind of... Um, that's a physical, right? But uh, fundamentally, it's an emotional toughness. That yeah, I think it is. And, and to be honest, it's an emotional toughness that... Um, I, I don't know that I really have or, or that I've developed yet because I think, you know, on, on the one hand, I see things very, you know, philosophically, I see things in a certain way. You know, I think this is how life really is as opposed to how we think it, you know, how we think it should be. And these are the facts. And so therefore, on that basis, you know, it makes sense for me to behave in this way or makes sense in me to, de- to you know, design my life like this. But, you know, societal programming or, you know, if you want to be sort of you know kind of a bit clinical about it um or 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 just common humanity you know i am also pulled in the direction of you know i I like romance i like you know i I like aspects of community i like conviviality and all those things and it's it's i don't know really i think you need to be 
I think you need to be somebody who is pretty firmly disconnected from that stuff to really flourish long term on the road. And I, I reckon it's, I suspect that those people are pretty few and far between, really, I think. Um, I don't know, really. I mean, I would love to be, it would be great if life was, was so simple that you could just say, this is, this is what I am, I'm just going to be like this. But I think most of us probably fall somewhere in the middle of the two, of the, the two poles. But one thing that interests me is that, um, I mean, for, for the listeners, if you've got younger guys listening to this or even guys in their, you know, in their 30s or 40s or whatever who are sort of thinking, well, you know, where, where do I go from here? Because, you know, I like girls, I like sex, I like dating. Um, but I feel like there should be something more than that. You know, what would you advise the guy to do? I mean, should he... I mean, you know, clearly guys shouldn't just jump into marriage, but, I mean, how would you advise somebody who looks at their options? Uh, that's a good question. I had... Uh, I wanted to ask you something else that you sparked uh, mm. there in terms of... Um, maybe it'll come back to me. Um, yeah, when a guy's plan... To the degree that one can plan their life... Um, you know, I, I think you should definitely, there should be a period when a guy's young and has resources that it's all, it's self-indulgent. It's all about him and his journey. And um, because as soon as you get a woman involved and it becomes serious, everything starts getting compromised. So, yeah. Oh, this is what I wanted to ask you, John. Uh, and the, the, isn't it a frustration you talked about that, that y you are or we all are who we are and we have our own buttons and own and yet we can't live in society just fully exercising those whims and those truths all the time because we come in conflict with other people conflict with other people in other words like if you look at previous relationships why can't you just be who you are and just if you want to leave at the drop of a hat or have other and not have get flack from other people it's like it seems like one of god's cruel uh jests that yeah. that that we get into entanglements with others just being who we are and yeah. indulging like fundamental biological urges or or new whims and yeah. that seems why should you change or, or or blunt or compromise who who you are just to make something work yeah in the name yeah. of diplomacy i mean there's something very non-pure about that yeah 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 no i'd agree and i mean one of the um one of the sort of issues not issues but you know one of the questions i've always had about relationships is on the one hand everyone sets this great store on you know being honest and being able to trust each other and being you know being completely vulnerable and completely open and all of that but to me that's always seemed kind of like bullshit really because i've never been able to be completely open with a girl that i've you know been dating because if i was completely open with her i'd probably say well yeah I, you know i kind of like you but you know i like you but i'd also quite like to you know have sex with her over there and her over there and and her over there and that kind of thing generally speaking doesn't go down very well you know um i mean now that's not to say that you obviously there are different relate you know arrangements you can have an open relationship and all the rest of it but um it's yeah like you say i mean i think i think one of the the, the challenges with relationships is, is you do start to get a bit constrained as a person because you know as a person i can wake up feeling different you know very different every day you know i can wake up and feel like um you know maybe i want to travel i want to go and see some you know i want to interact with different people or maybe i wake up feeling like i want to be affectionate and i just want to you know and um it, it, within a, you get a bit constrained in terms of how you can express yourself within the relationship. So, 
how do you explain people and what qualities do they have that that are very natural in long-term relationships and are very stable that have no problem with it and and can commit and and don't wake up with different moods or different whims is are they just in denial like what characteristics do those type of people possess because i'm more like you i've had to mute and change mute a lot of my urges and change over time to become a family man but some men are able to plug in at a young age and they're not their focus is elsewhere or they're not they're not driven by this and that they don't they don't feel the same constraint what 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 are the characteristics of those type of people well uh it's difficult to it's difficult to to get into their head really because i think i i'm different to that and the the other thing that i've been thinking recently is that you know i i start thinking in my head you know am i too far gone you know have i gone too far down a road that makes it very difficult for me to return um to a more in inverted commas you know conventional sort of way of doing things but um I mean, I suppose a very crass and probably unfair way of putting it would be some people are quite boring, you know, um, in the sense that maybe they just don't have any other expectation, you know, they, they, they're just, or, or, or they're, and, and actually Black Dragon, the blogger, talks about this. He says, he, I think talking in regard to monogamy, he says, well, the, the, the people that can be entirely happy within monogamous relationships tend to be people with, a, you know, maybe a very low sex drive or very low expectations within the, the sexual market, you know, and um, a lot of people aren't that, you know. Um, when I think about sort of married couples I know who, who, who fall into that, that sort of category, I mean, I, I don't know really. I was, I was down in a suburban town um, outside London last... Oh, last <laughs> I know, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get very nervous when I, when I leave um, a metropolitan area. It's, uh, it's, it's quite traumatising. But um, I, was, <laughs> I was in a, a suburban town in, in, in England, uh, a few, you know, about 50 miles outside London or whatever uh, the other day, and I saw these sort of married couples walking around, older couples, um and the feeling i got from watching them it was it was sort of like i mean they look they look kind of happy you know they 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 look you know not not unhappy but it 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 felt like um they were just sort of plodding along walking very slowly kind of just taking everything in struggle to articulate this really but it's sort of like there's a sort of a a resignation there's a well resig yeah resignation but that's maybe too negative a term there's a sort of just acceptance of life this is all life is you know i'm married this is my wife we've been together for 30 years um we've got kids who are grown up now we're walking down the promenade in the in the sunshine and this is all there is you know this is this is enough and the problem for me um as you you know maybe you'll you'll identify is that for me nothing's ever been enough you know, like I've always wanted something more. And so I, I think, and I don't just mean that sexually, I don't just mean that in terms of different partners, I mean that in almost every every sphere. So for me, it's very hard to sort of just settle down into that one, you know, kind of uh, arrangement where this is, all, you know, this is it. This, is, this has been the end game. I've always wanted more. And maybe that is a, I mean, that's probably a defect of character and maybe that's a negative thing. But do you, do you, do you kind of understand where I'm coming from? Uh, that's that's it. I have two interesting things to say. One is that be careful though when because you're observing their exterior life, right? Yeah. yeah. And there's a, I know personally being married and having a daughter. There's a lot of emotional distance I've traveled. Yeah. Having a child that 
even though physically I'm in the same place, it's just it takes having an having a baby baby takes you and and having a a marriage where you are with a woman who's giving birth to your offspring that takes you into emotional landscape I've never been before right. and yeah. so it's not just about geography or actions like the next girl or tr- the travel there like a lot of my journeys although we have a nice set of trips planned for the back half of this year but the truth is a lot of my journeys after about 40 have been internal journeys yeah. uh, emotional journeys and um so that's the f- first thing to say um but there is there is a resignation and an acceptance but then you find beauty in the nooks and crannies and in like family and all this stuff yeah. it's a reorientation really yeah. and and the other thing i wanted to say which is a different idea is that the old the manosphere and the old and i think there's truth to this is is that um guys stay put only to the degree that they don't have options so like you know an overweight middle-aged guy with a wife who's decent looking he's not he's happy because that's all he can get but if your sexual sexual market value is high you're going to find monogamy difficult no matter what and but but implicit in that is that everyone who has a high sexual market value should just be a gladiator until they drop dead (laughs) you know so the question i mean that that can also be a recipe for, I mean, because we're dealing with people's lives here. I mean, we're talking here intellectually, but the truth is decisions one makes over their 30s and 40s and 50s, this, has a, this is the shape and contour of our life, you yeah. know? So the issue is, like, is that, is that true that, that, that you're only as dangerous, you're only as faithful as your options, or is that an excuse and just because you can be super attractive doesn't mean you can't invest in a monogamous relationship i mean what do you you've read a lot about this maybe yeah i mean i i don't think it's um i don't think it's the case that people are just as as faithful as faithful as their options i mean i think that is sometimes the case but i don't think that's exclusively the case because obviously there you know that there are loads of very high value you know very high smv sexual market value um individuals who are married and in relationships so yeah i totally agree um i think on where you were coming from with that which is that yeah i mean you know sure and and yeah you know it's it this idea um as you say the sort of the logical end point of that manosphere argument is is that then that okay well i'm i'm high value enough not to have to settle so therefore i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm just gonna go out and, and slay until the day i drop dead you know and i mean is that a, is that a good recipe for life and it's sort of similar to something i think about corporate the, you know the corporate world a lot which is you know every single big you know comfortsy you know 500 company or whatever um the imperative is always to expand isn't it you know the the imperative is always year on year growth month on month growth you know what are the figures are we you know and uh, i kind of look at that and i sort of think but why you know what what why not why not just stay the same size if you're why does it always have to be about growth and of course if you're a smaller business you can you can do that it doesn't you can you can scale it to the level that you want it and it doesn't have to be about right where you know how are we going to get 10 percent bigger next year or whatever um and it might be the same thing with with relationships. I mean, you know, why do you have to continue? Why do you have to, you know, this 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 constant variety? And I, you know, I, 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 there's no there's no easy answer to any of this because I don't think for one minute that a good a, a, a good healthy sort of life design is to go around, you know, having random affairs with people for the for the entirety of your life. You know, that doesn't seem like. Um, 
Well, what happens in your so what? I mean, it looks good at 30, 40, 50. I mean, when does it start to not? When when does the paint start chipping? I, <laughs> I don't know. When you're 70 and when you're on the beach in Saint Tropez with a thong, we're with with bungee smugglers. But you do know that uh, the highest incident of STIs are in nursing homes. So oh, really, el elderly <laughs> people are some of the most promiscuous. Uh, demographic out there i'm looking forward to that uh, <laughs> i'm looking forward to that age i'll be putting out a book um um nursing home game <laughs> uh, yeah yeah exactly exactly there's a very there's a very fertile market there well i don't know you know it's, it's funny actually you mentioned that because my dad who isn't who isn't of that age yet but who is in his um 60s is um has had a sort of a a sort of a renaissance recently where he's got into to online dating and he's um uh he's telling me about you know all kinds of you know he's he said he said i've become i've become an aging lothario you know and he's um you know doing doing very well with with older with women of a similar age to, to him but um but nevertheless so it never it, it doesn't necessarily ever stop and i mean that's one of the things particularly now with the digital resources we've got to, to meet people so have we got to a point where because if my dad's dating in his 60s i'm in my 40s you know 50s i know you know i know other people who are you know doing very well have we now come to a point where actually i can just skip the whole marriage thing and, and just sail through and just have these these different shorter term relationships you know in, in, on, on an ongoing basis you know does there have to be a point when i say well, well actually i've got to i've reached that plateau i've got to stop now um, that's a, I think you have shared though that uh, the, one of the facts of your father's life is he had a couple kids, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. then he, there's a renaissance, but he did the family thing for yes. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I I just had an uh, a thought about um, oh, but here to put it to put it in a to sort of a, uh, in an analogy that I think is interesting. I mean, one of the drawbacks of monogamous relationship is you can't really get close with any other uh, people of the opposite sex right. that's the reality of it and variety can be the spice of life for sure mm -hmm. but what's interesting if I look at my wife and my daughter like I've gone very deep in that relationship <coughs> obviously yeah and so I've got to experience things um, pregnancy labor childbirth you know the first six months of and we're just feeding our daughter now so she's weaning these are all new experiences that on the merry-go-round of dating I, the thing is yes i had variety physical variety but i never had depth in other words the relationships all had a similar choreography they were like i met them we slept we did some stuff we dated briefly and then they were supplanted by the next girl and so there was in a way it was there was a man, although it was physically exciting and that the physical avatar changed the experience was quite um routine or monotonous and actually i i'm seeing i'm seeing new horizons mm. in this single relationship and, and whereas in the other ones i didn't see new horizons i saw the yeah. same sunset every time so i don't know yeah. is there a point there yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that makes a lot of a lot of sense because you you get that depth and you get that you know that uh, undoubtedly there are different things that you can experience that you wouldn't experience on the dating merry-go-round. But but how about this? What about the idea? Because I've got I've always been interested in existentialism and nihilism, and and then with Camus you have absurdism as well. So the idea being that um, 
life is inherently life is inherently absurd um, there's no so say life's inherently absurd there's no meaning to anything um, and so therefore so the existentialists would say okay so there's no, there's no meaning to anything so you, therefore you have to create your own your own meaning instead you know you have to put in your own framework but the absurdist approach would be to say to, to, to put in your own framework is absurd because you, you, you can never find meaning. Yeah. So, it, you know, and I've always had this sort of half-cocked sort of idea in the back of my head that, that in order to kind of mirror that, in a, you know, why not, just go, why not just carry on with the merry-go-round? Why not just say, fuck it, and keep spinning the wheel? Because if there's no meaning anyway, then, then, then what am I trying to achieve? You know, so why don't I just keep spinning the wheel? Why don't I just keep having the shallow, <laughs> uh, you know, pleasure, fleetingly pleasurable, you know, experiences? I mean, I'm biased, but I can answer that because when I look into my eyes of my five-year-old daughter, yes. it's it's transcendent, yes. and I'm not just using those words. I mean, it, when you see something that's your own flesh and blood that you've created and nurtured, laugh or look back at you, it, it's yeah. it's a it's a different level of experience. Yeah, yeah completely. Well, I read um, that that Mark Manson article we were talking about the other day. I read that about the uh, the the. Uh, travails of the digital nomad and there's a I don't know if you remember but there's a little bit in that where he describes somebody whose work is a digital nomad who's traveling around and I think they are in he's the person's in Japan and they're seeing um, a family playing with like young oh, yeah. kids in the field and the person it, I, I don't think it says if it's male or female but the person bursts into tears seeing the family playing together because they realize that they the way their life's set up you know they don't have that depth of experience and you know, I mean, man, I, c I can completely identify with that. You know, I'm, I'm at an age now where, you know, I see families playing together and stuff. And it does, it does you know, it does tug on the, the heartstrings a little bit. And I mean, we won't get now into the whole conversation about having kids and decisions to have kids because, you know, that's a whole, probably a whole other podcast, really. But, but yes, I mean, there, without a doubt, you know, there is, there, you know, it's such a huge thing. There's such huge meaning there you know the engagement the interaction the relationship between a parent and a child is such a as you say like transcendent thing um you know and it, you you anyone would be foolish not to not to recognize that you know so i think i think with all of this stuff you know there's there are no answers to any of this are there that's mm. the reality there are no there are no right answers there are no wrong answers you, you, we have to make decisions i mean you know you you've you've gone down a very firm path and you know you you are you know it, it it's it, it's clearly enriched your life in ways that you know what you would never have experienced otherwise you know i am still i think like you say in that exploratory sort of sort sort of period and i think the problem with people on the um eternal bachelor side of the argument is that it's it's harder to sketch out a successful end game, I suppose, mm. isn't it? You know, it's harder to sort of say, well, here's a guy and he's done it and it, it worked out fantastically well. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I stepped off the Merger is I couldn't... I, I, like I said, I've always fancied myself a family man eventually, but I couldn't... There, there was no appealing end game that, that I thought, oh, I want to sign up for that. Yeah. And the examples I had, who were moderately successful bachelors into middle and late middle age, actually advised against it. Uh, uh, so um, one interesting thing of depth versus breadth, it, it, look at what we're doing here. I've known you a number of years. You came to my wedding. We're, 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 we know each other well. We're doing something intimate. We're sharing. That's because we're invested in this friendship and we've gone deeper. I, the other model, which almost no one, it's funny, no one applies this to their 
to their platonic relation, but you could limit yourself to just acquaintances and have hundreds of acquaintances. Yes. But like after two or three coffees, refuse to like see the person again, really, and just have some text. And then you would have so many people. That's what Facebook is like. So many people that you can. But um, there's a reason we still have close friends and we still travel with them or do artistic projects because there's something more fulfilling about going deep with an individual than to just have superficial. I mean, ob I think the answer is to have a blend. It's nice, it's nice in our platonic relation to have a lot of p new people show up on the scene that are interesting and give us new ideas, but to have a battery or a, or a bench of really solid close friends. The difficulty in monogamous relationship is you can't really do that. You can, yeah. you can go really deep with one person, but she's generally not gonna like that you have a lot of uh, acquaintances that you meet yeah. for a few coffees, so to speak. So it's an imperfect solution, but um, that's a, I think that analogy is worth keeping in mind. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, how long have we been going now? 44 minutes. I've been going, we've been going a while. So, um, uh, we should probably start to look at, look at wrapping up because I don't want to, I know you're a very busy, busy man, so I don't want to take up too much of your time, but, um, it's, it, career wise. So tell us about where you are, because I know you, you've got various different, um, various different interests but we were talking the other day um about some of the, the plans that you have um going forward for your own brand is it would you be able to give us an update on that where yeah. you're looking at um actually i'm i'm uh, i've paired up with two very talented marketers and we're doing a huge webinar next tuesday may really? 29th yeah ah, okay. and um I can send you the link for your list if you're interested. Yeah, how do, how do guys sign up? For that? Yeah, well, a bunch of emails are going to start going out at the end of this week, and uh, it's going to be scheduled on a U.S. calendar. So it's for people. It'll be a, uh, after six o'clock Pacific time, so uh, American uh, customers and viewers can watch it. And I'm gonna. I'm. We're going to promote a, a new course I'm launching, a 12-week course. The first six weeks are going to be an update of my pickup, dating, and sex skills hmm. to help you meet the girls and get them in bed and enjoy a cat. And then the second, the back half of the course, the, the, follow, the second six weeks, is going to be about how to choose a, a, a long-term partner, qualities to look for in a wife versus a girlfriend, and then the five steps to the altar if you want to get married or, hmm. or solidify your relationship in a serious way. And then... Uh, the last week is going to be on my limited experience of, of parenthood and fatherhood and child, you know, bringing a, a life form into the world and how that affects a former playboy. So, and how to, basically how an alpha male stays married. Yes. That's, that's going to be the theme of the second six weeks. Yeah. And then in addition to that, I'm also, uh, I don't have a launch date yet, but we have a pretty exciting app pickup app in the in the in the works that's going to really? launch this summer and it's going to be um tailored to individual users and offer uh a very very concrete blueprint for pickup and dating really so how's how's that going to work so is the guy going to be out in the field and he can look at the app and he's sort of like well what do i do now and exactly, <laughs> exactly but i'm not going to give too many details away but yeah yeah it's gonna be fair enough and out of interest the the course that you're talking about is that a video course that you're it's, it's going to be um it's going to be weekly calls and then Monday through Friday, unlimited uh, Voxer, which is like WhatsApp, uh, instant access. So you can, if you're out on a date or you're in the field, you can get uh, immediate, immediate feedback. And then there'll be weekly calls where we uh, cover specific topics. That sounds, that sounds really cool. And I'll, a I'll, secret, 
and a secret Facebook group for everyone to meet and, and share their success and meet wingmen. That sounds fantastic. I'll, I'll be signing up to that and I'll be out on the date. I'll be, I'll be there in, uh, I'll be there in uh, Berlin or Ukraine or whatever. I'll be like, what do I do now, Paul? There's a help. <laughs> um, so, no, that sounds fantastic. So, um, and how do guys, how do guys find you? So you're saying the, the email's going out this week, but if guys aren't on the list, should they go to your website or what's the best way to, for people to? Uh, um, well, I, I can, uh, one way we could do is I could give you a link and there might be um, an opportunity there or um, you, any, of my, any of your listeners can check out pauljanka.com. There'll, uh, there'll be information on how to sign up and then attend the webinar. Brilliant stuff. Okay, we'll look forward to that. Well, thanks ever so much, Paul. It's been great to, to catch up. Um, it's been great to talk. We've talked about a whole load of issues. I don't know that we've, I don't know that we've solved the eternal bachelor versus... There's no, uh, there's no solving. If we solved it, it'd be boring, right? What's yeah, nice yeah. about this is it's uh, never... We can just cut our teeth on this forever. Yeah, exactly. We'll, uh, we'll have to do another one of these at some point and we'll discuss, we'll discuss progress and where, where we both are. But um, it's been really great to catch up with you. Thanks ever so much for coming on the show today. My pleasure, Troy. And uh, with that, over and out, and we will speak to you guys again next week. Bye-bye.